What a mighty God we serve. A God who has organized the universe into perfect working order. A Lord, our Savior, who now commands this universe. And not only this, but others yet to be discovered and unseen with human eye. And yet you have time for each of us. You have time to hear our prayers. You have time to spend with us. And we thank you for your kindness, your mercy, your grace. As we lift up these needs, so many here this morning have been praying for people. And maybe only you know the depth of their struggle, the sorrow and the grief that they bear. But your grace is sufficient. And as we pray these things in every circumstance, and I hope a few praises have been lifted to you also, we do so in the mighty, precious name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, I've already been asked about the title, or the title has been made mention, and of course I want to give credit where credit is due. I don't want to plagiarize life alert. I think the direct quote is, help, I have fallen and I can't get up. But that is what I sense is in much of what David is going to pray, and we'll read his words just in a moment. I am certainly not making fun or making light of such life-saving devices as Life Alert, but simply borrowing the statement for a spiritual application. We do not know the exact circumstances of the psalm we're about to read and or the prayer. There is clearly a personal lament, a brokenness, a great need. And then there is also a need for protection from some who wanted to do harm to David. But no matter how many alerts we have, from 911 to fall detection devices, our first and ultimate first responder is always Jesus. The point in this psalm, I believe, is not the condition or situation of David. I believe, more importantly, is his confidence in the God that he turns to. So let's stand at the reading of God's Word, Psalm 86. Psalm 86. A psalm of David, a prayer of David, regarding the steadfast love of our God. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, 
For to you do I cry all day, gladden the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seek my life, and they do not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God of merciful and gracious slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Verse 16, turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Father, please give us a depth of understanding into these words. The cry of a servant. May we learn well from this prayer. And may we gain such confidence in your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. It is always important to observe, I, I believe anyway in my own study, uh, the names and titles that the writers will use for God, specifically in the Old Testament writings. And in this psalm, in this prayer, David uses four different titles to address God. And I think that's amazing. That, that's like covering all the bases, right? And, and David here addresses God by these four titles. And the first one is Jehovah. Most of us are familiar with that title, Jehovah God. Verse 1, verse 6, verse 11, verse 7, he actually begins with Jehovah and ends with Jehovah. Jehovah is the personal name of God. He is the all-powerful, unchanging Lord of all eternity. And then David uses the, the term or title Adonai. And this is a, a title that describes the, the lordship, the uh, the, the master, the sovereign Lord is Adonai, verse 3, 4, 5, 8, 9, 12, 15. Seven times he uses the term Adonai to emphasize the sovereign rule of God. Thirdly, he speaks as God as Elohim, verse 2, verse 20, verse 12, verse 14. That's the plural of, of God and points to the majesty, glory of God, as well as his plurality, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And finally, he addresses God as El. This is the simple E-L, God, and this title indicated, indicating that he is God all-powerful. So four ways David describes God as he goes 
to him in prayer. Confidence. Confidence in Jehovah. Confidence in Adonai. Confidence in Elohim. Confidence in El. He's got a good team on his side, doesn't he? In one God. One God. So point number one for our, our, our preaching points. David gives us sincerity. He was sincere and he offers a humble cry. Incline your ear. I, I, we're going to spend just a little bit of time on this. It, it's so neat. And I, I just love this, this intro into this prayer. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. What a way to start a prayer. Amen. I've fallen. <laughs> I've fallen and here I lie. But this give ear or incline your ear, guys, that ought to just stop us in our tracks. It literally can mean bow down your ear to me, O Lord. This is intense. He's talking to who? Jehovah? Adonai, Elohim, El, he's talking to the God of heaven and earth, the God of all that is and all that is unseen yet to be discovered. He's talking to the master of the universe, the creator and sustainer of all things. And he says, hey, God, give me your ear for a minute. Isn't that cool? We get to do You can all say that. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's uh, uh, I don't know the Hebrew word for cool, so we're just going to say cool, okay? But, but just think about this confidence. The God of heaven brings his listening ear to the realm of earthly humanity and he listens and hears. He comes to us. Hello, gospel. God comes to us. I've had a couple of discussions recently on the will of God. And, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, I was engaged in this at a volleyball game Friday night, as a matter of fact, and talking about the will of God and different aspects of uh, of, of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life and, and all of these kinds of things. And, and this person was talking about praying for the will of God. I'm praying for the will of God. I'm praying for the will of God. I'm working to find out what the will of God is. And I told him, just sit down and be quiet for a while. And I said that politely. But I said, you know, quite often we get so busy pursuing the will of God that we run right past him. Right? We just run right past him. And all of a sudden we need to stop. And guess what? God's purposes will find us. His purposes will find us. God is in pursuit of us, folks. He pursues us, even in our salvation. I love Wesley's quote. He called, called him the hound of heaven, always in pursuit of his people. And, and so God will come to us. He will listen. And the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ is he came down and to meet our needs. In Exodus 7, 5, I want us to go one more, one more point on this reaching out, coming, because to me, this is mind-boggling, that God has that kind of personal affection for us. In Exodus 7, 5, the Egyptians shall know that I am Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt. That's the same Hebrew word as David just prayed in his prayer about God inclining his ear, reaching out from heaven. How many have ever seen the, the, the great painting uh, uh, in the Sistine Chapel of, of Adam and, and reaching in the hand of God coming out of heaven? How many have seen that uh, in painting? You know, uh, Connie and I had the privilege of actually standing under that thing, and, and it's amazing. 
It really is amazing. It's, it's just absolutely gorgeous. But guys, can we imagine that? Can we imagine that, 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 that God reaches out towards us? How many of us deserve that? You know what God should do and could do? He might reach out, but it's just to slap us upside the head, right? But he reaches out in love. He reaches out in mercy. He reaches out in grace. He reaches out in long-suffering. He reaches out in kindness. He reaches out in hope and healing. God reaches out to us, brothers and sisters, and that ought to blow us away. That ought to blow us away. He takes the initiative, and he reaches out to us. David is confident. And here, God, I'm, I'm asking simply because I'm poor and I'm needy. In two words, he describes the human condition. I'm poor and needy. I'm bankrupt and unable to do anything about it. Spurgeon says, when our prayers are lowly by reason of our humility or feeble by reason of our sickness or without wing by reason of our despondency, the Lord will bow down to them. The infinitely exalted Jehovah will have respect unto them. Wow. David's first appeal was to the compassion of the Lord. David began his plea with an understanding of the love and compassion of God. In Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. You are my God, David said. I am your servant who trusts you. Be merciful to me, Lord. I cry out to you all day. Psalm 34, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help from his temple. He heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears brothers and sisters that's prayer that's prayer none of this mealy wimpy whatever you know religious sounding and i'm not trying to be sarcastic here but sometimes we just need to forget all the fancy words and language fall on our faces before god and say help i've fallen and i cannot get up secondly david was sorry now, the only reason I put sorry in there because I got a theme of S's going and repentance don't work, okay? An honest confession. An honest confession. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answered me. Help me. I'm poor. I'm needy. Help me, because you, O God, are a God of grace abounding in steadfast love. Help me. Help me. You are good, O Lord. Listen to my plea for grace. O God, help me. Help me. Help me because you, O God, are gracious. Ultimately, David is resting his prayer in the graciousness, kindness, and goodness of God. God, you are good and forgiving. What assurance if you're going through difficult times right now. 
Know that God cares. Know that he is kind. Know that he abounds in mercy and grace. Know that he loves you. Know that he is listening. And know that you will never shed a tear that he doesn't number. Know that. God is good. Abundant in mercy, the King James says. Hallelujah. I will call upon you, David says. Why? For you answer me. Isn't that great? Isn't that just simple? I will call upon you, Lord, because I know you'll listen. How many of you have ever turned to somebody and said, are you listening to me? How many have ever turned to your child and said, you listen to me? How many wives have turned to your husbands and said, are you listening to me? And we say yes, whether we heard you or not. And then we just... And then we just plead ignorance, you know. So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first. Listen to this account. And he arose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand two tablets of stone. The Lord, listen to it, the Lord descended. The Lord came. You see it again? It's all over Scripture, folks. It's all over Scripture. God came. He descended. He descended. He came down in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, of uh, a God of merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. God descended and brought hope and healing, and forgiveness, and love, and mercy, and grace. God came down and met us in our condition, folks, in our condition. Psalm 85, 7, 10, Psalm 86, mercy, 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 loving kindness, steadfast love. Lamentations 3, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Write that on our hearts, O God. Write that on our hearts. If you're going through a difficult time right now, if, if, you're, if you've suffered loss, if you're facing illness, or you know someone who is, if you're facing a difficult time, there's problems. Listen, problems in the marriage, problems at work. There's problems here. There's problems there. Cry out to God, please. Cry out to him. And trust that he will, he will respond. He will hear. He will listen. And he will come and meet you right there in your condition. And all you're going to hear is, take a deep breath, my child. <laughs> take a deep breath. I'm here. I'm here. Again, from, from a parental perspective, have you ever just told your child, you, you held him close, you held him up, and you just said, everything's going to be okay. It's okay. It's okay. Everything's going to work out. We don't know how, but it's going to work out. Point number three, David was submissive. We hear a grateful commitment. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. 
Teach me your way. Don't miss that verse tucked right here in the middle of this. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. That's fellowship, folks. That's fellowship. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol, the only God who hears, the only God worthy of worship, the only God worthy of praise, honor, and glory. You alone are God. David understands who he's appealing to, a God who listening, a God who is holy, a God who is worthy of praise, a God who is worthy of trust, a merciful God, a good God. God and a forgiving God. Hello, liberty. Hello, healing. There is none like you, O God. There is none like you. To Isaiah, to whom then will you compare me, God says, that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Adonai is different from all other gods. Gods of wood and stone and metal crumble before Adonai, my Lord and my master. You want to sing a song? Well, that's a good one too. I like that one. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Amen. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You see what we miss sometimes when we sing a song? We just sing right over the power of it. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find solace there. That'll preach. That'll preach. Then remember that, that little verse, verse 11, tucked in there, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. In other words, David is saying, God, I'm even willing to learn from all this. I'm even willing to be taught. I'm a teachable servant, Lord. Teach me out of these circumstances. Teach me more about yourself and more about me. Point number four, David was surrendered in an unwavering confidence. Oh God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seek my life, and they do not set you before them. But you, O oh Lord, are a God 
merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength <clears throat> to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Here we find a problem with imminent physical danger. Proud, violent men want to bring harm, do harm to David. They do not fear the Lord and they hate me. Lord, we have a problem. Lord, we have a problem. But you, O oh Lord. I always love that transition whenever you've got a but God or but you, O oh Lord. It's important. But you, O oh Lord, you are merciful. You are gracious. You are patient. You are slow to anger. You are abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God, I'm going to rest in all that you are and all that you can do. Turn to me. Be gracious to me. Give your strength to me. Listen to his plea. God cannot, God, I cannot do this alone. I am weak. I am poor. I am needy. I am broken. If you don't help me, I'm done because I can't get up. And please, one more time, notice that David is not approaching God on the basis of what he deserved. Anything that he would receive from God would be on the basis of God's mercy. I love this closing. And I, I, I'm going to caution this. We'll make just some brief comments. But God, could you just give me a little sign? Isn't it? See, see, we get the humanity of David here. And all this glory and all of this praise and all this honor he's extended to God and all this confidence and all this trust and all this faith and all this belief, he says, could you give me just a little, a little sign? God, I'm not asking you to prove that you love me. I'm not being conditional here. I'll believe if. I'm certainly not saying you owe me but could you please, while you're listening, could you please just uh, give me a little booster? Have you ever prayed that prayer? Have you ever prayed that prayer? God, you know, I, I know I know, help is here. I know help's coming. But could you just, just give me a little, a little boost, a little sign? And you know he will so often. Don't put conditions on it. Don't, don't put demands on it. Just say, you know... Uh, here in the midst of your mercy, just give me a little glimpse of what's coming. David has already proven his confidence and trust, but I believe out of his humility and out of his humanity, he said, God, I just need a little encouragement. I just need a little encouragement. I think maybe this is captured in the story of the man who brought his son to Jesus, and I close with this passage. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and it fell to the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion. Have compassion on us and help us. You see, I'm poor. I'm needy, I'm down, I can't get up. 
my boy is sick, my boy is in, in serious trouble. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help me in my unbelief. Jesus, I just need a little bit of help. I need a little bit of help. I'm not a perfect man. I'm not a man of great faith. Matter of fact, I've, I need help with my faith. But I believe. I believe. Have you been there? Are you there right now? And when Jesus saw that the crowd running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. An honest, humble plea of a father. An honest, humble plea of the servant David. Lord, I need your help. My friends, my brothers and sisters this morning, I want us to consider something in the seriousness of this moment. It is not a criticism it is this for us to ponder. Has the church, and when I use that term, it's broad, not just this church, the church. Has the church become so proud and so self-sufficient that it no longer is willing to admit just how poor and how needy we are? Is it possible? It's time to realize we are broken vessels and only God can put us back together again. This is no Humpty Dumpty story. This is life and death. Life and death. This is the difference between no hope and hope for healing and just being left with pain and sorrow. And don't worry about the structure of your prayer or even the words that you use. The best thing to do is just simply fall down and say, God, I need your help. I need your help. I can't do this thing called life alone. I can't do it. I need your help. Father, thank you for the word you've given us this morning. Maybe, maybe it was the word for me. I don't know, but thank you for speaking to my heart. Have your way. Have your will for your glory and for the honor of your name. We don't cry out because we've earned it. We don't cry out because we've deserved it or ever will. We cry out because you are a God of mercy and grace and kindness and love and compassion and we're trusting you.